Hey everyone, it's Armando. I know it's been a little while since I put an episode out. I think maybe April, May. I know the pandemic started and I was still going strong with the episodes, at least as strong as I, I could have been at the time. And then things got a little topsy-turvy. It, it, things got a little crazy. And as I've said in past episodes, I'm a one-man army. So I have to do everything on my own. And then when it gets a little too much, I, there are certain things that I need to put to the side. And one of which was the podcast, unfortunately. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people want to hear more of these episodes. Uh, and it's always been a little struggle. And I'll tell you, honestly, it's very easy to make the podcast episodes. It's a bit of a pain in the rear, editing them and then putting them up. And I don't have anyone who's going to help me with that. So I had to put it to the side. But I'm back. But I'm back with a new format. I want to make these a little shorter, a little more um, thicker and meatier in information and less in fluff. Uh, I've got a lot of topics that I want to be able to put out. And I think that this new format is going to be able to to satisfy that need to get that information out there and again do it uh, as briefly as possible although i can go on and on about dogs i will try my very best to curb and edit myself um so with that let's start on the topic at hand for today i want to talk about the one thing and that is that people Certain people, when they have an issue with their dogs, um, what they do is they focus on the one thing that they feel is going to end the issues that they have. So they have a dog who is an excessive barker. Uh, Maybe the dog barks excessively out the window all the time, all the time. Or they have a dog who freaks out when somebody comes into the house. And maybe they charge at the at the people and maybe they even growl. Or maybe they have a dog who will occasionally growl at them. Maybe they sit somewhere in a certain space. Maybe they sit next to a certain family member or individual and the dog gives out a growl. And what they want is to address and get rid of those specific problems. And very often what happens is that you can. You can isolate those issues and address them in a way so that the dog doesn't really do that. And you give them an alternative behavior or something else that will kind of circumvent the dog's need to impulsively give in to those behaviors. But what is often happening with many of these issues and many of these people who don't understand, and it's a trainer's job to really kind of convey this to the the, the client, is that what they see with many of these 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 kind of like uh, behaviors is that they are just symptoms of a larger problem. And the truth is that it could be a variety of problems. But the one that I'm referring to or one that I want to kind of focus on more is when there's a problem and a disconnect between the dog and the human, there's a disconnect with the relationship. So at the core of many of these issues is a relationship that just isn't working out in the way that it should. And so for purposes, to simplify it, in other words, just to make this very simple, is that let's say, for example, a dog doesn't have the kind of leadership that he really needs to thrive in the world. So the dog, in other words, is not really getting any kind of instruction, 
um, guidance, information, no, no, no real feedback. And there could be a variety of things for that, uh, reasons for that. There, there, there could also be just a lack of complete structure in the way that they live with the dog. Maybe there's just no guidance and there's no feedback because they basically just are, in some sense or other, hands off about how the dog is being raised and how the dog is just living his or her day-to-day life. So they're not very clear on what their standards are. And this is very common that I, something that I, I hear with people too. People, when you tell them, you've got to have like expectations and standards. They, in many instances, they're, they're very kind of adamant that they do. They're adamant that they, 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 you know, I have standards. Yeah. No, I really don't want my dog to do this. Yeah. I really don't want my dog to do that. I don't, I don't like it when this dog does this. So they feel that that's a standard. But what happens with those standards is that they're not consistent standards. They're not lifestyle standards. They don't live by those standards. What they define as standards is really just allowing the dog to just do the behavior, the unwanted, undesirable behavior, until the human gets fed up. That's what they call their standard. So I don't like my dog growling at me. Or I don't like the dog barking at the window or charging at my neighbor's dog through the fence in the backyard. But they let it go on. They, they allow it to persist until that one day when they just don't have the patience for it or the tolerance for it or it grates on their nerves. So they put an end to it and they define that as a standard. Like, this is my standard. I don't want my dog to do this. So they do stop it. And maybe because they're a bit forceful in the means and method in which they stop it, the dog may stop the behavior temporarily. But because it's not consistent, that's part of the the whole clarity thing, because they're not consistently addressing the behavior, the dog decides, well, I'm going to continue to do it. The dog, in other words, in training terms, randomizes the behavior. You're not going to stop me. Or sometimes you will stop me, sometimes you won't stop me. Which means, in randomizing it, is I'm, I'm just going to continue to try. <laughs> and they do. But still the human will insist, this is my standard. I, I, I have a standard. But that's not a standard. And this goes to the crux of the problem with these people who want to address all of these kind of different issues without really honing in at the root core of the problem, which is, again, uh, a faulty relationship that they have with the dog. And again, relationships can be described in a variety of different ways. It could be a variety of different reasons why a relationship is wrong. So I'm not going to go into, it's impossible for me to go into every single one, every single reason as to why the relationship may be bad. But from what I observe, in many of the issues and cases that I take on, when you deal with a dog like this who just goes on and on or develops some kind of bad behavioral issue, it's because of repetition. Repetition makes the behavior stronger, whether it's good behavior or bad behavior. But in this instance, and typically as is the case, bad behaviors get stronger through repetition. The dog just continues to practice the behavior. And because the humans either are just entirely permissive about the problem or... 
They're not entirely permissive, just until the dog gets on their nerves. Then they has, they stop it because, of course, that's their standard. And the dog, at some point, again, resumes the behavior and continues to make it stronger over time. This is a this is a, a, a faulty relationship. This is you know this is inadequate leadership. Uh, no guidance for the dog. And what they're looking at is not uh, what they what they want to deal with is not necessarily stopping the individual behavior. It's restoring the relationship, resetting the relationship, making the relationship one where uh, there, there's more of a balance in the relationship, where it's not the dog doing his or her thing at all times, getting away with whatever they want, because that's the nature of dogs. Dogs we're gonna do. Dogs will do what works for them. As I've said in the past, dogs will do what works for them. They do not take into consideration your feelings, how your neighbors feel, the noise levels. They don't care. The stress levels, they don't care. And I don't mean I don't, they don't care like in a, in a malicious, spiteful way because dogs are not capable of maliciousness or spite. They just don't care because it doesn't factor into their way of operating. So... These people who deal with this one thing, like I, my dog charges at every single person coming in through the door. I want to address that one thing. But it's not usually that one thing. Usually it's a whole host of other things. And it really does come down to, as I said, leadership. But leadership is categorized more in in sense of it's not about one thing that you do with leadership. It's about how you live with the dog. And how you live with the dog means every single thing you do with the dog. Everything. Your manner of talking and engaging with the dog. The way you handle the dog. The way you think of the dog. And some of these people who have no relationship, no real relationship, no leadership role in their dog's life, who are too permissive, who are too soft with their dogs, are not bad people. I'm certainly not trying to make them or portray them to be bad people. In fact, they're quite the opposite. They're very loving. They're very giving. They're very generous. They're very caring. And that's that's the problem right there. It's that they're very all of these positive things, but there's no balance. Some people, believe it or not, have difficulty telling their dogs no. And those who do, those permissive type people who do tell their dogs no, aren't good at really enforcing it. Like they don't do it with any firmness. So again, the dog learns, you know what, your no, you say no, (laughs) your words say no, but your body and your actions say yes. Which then again translates to a, a faulty relationship. It's not the kind of guidance that a dog needs. And dogs vary. Some dogs don't need that much guidance. That Some dogs don't need that much firmness and pressure. Some dogs, however, need it all the time. Some dogs need you to micromanage their behaviors. So think about that. If you're having an issue with your dog and you feel like you fix that one issue or you've addressed that one issue, but other issues persist, or you continue to have a general sense like, you know, this, this dog just does whatever he or she wants. That shouldn't really be the case. 
We want to give our dogs a, a, a great feeling of autonomy, a sense that they can make their own choices, but within reason, just like you would a, a, a young child, a toddler, within reason. And if you're one of those permissive people who is, who is giving away too much or abdicating too much of your responsibility, and the dog is just doing what he or she wants, making his or her own choices. And you find, well, I, I want to address this little thing, and I want to address that little thing. But you still have issues. They still keep coming back. The dog continues to behave, or maybe the dog you know, behaves better for some period of time, but then rebounds and then goes back to his or her old ways. That's a relationship issue. That's a, it's not likely a, a training issue. Now, you know, I'm provided that the training has gone well and provided that you understand how to continue the training, how to fulfill the responsibilities of the training. But if you do and you're still having issues, it's a relationship issue. It's how the dog views you. It's how the dog perceives the relationship. It's whether or not the dog feels that he or she is accountable to you. Does that dog feel that you're going to stop him when he does something crazy or foolish or out of control or impulsively? Or does that dog just give in to his or her every whim without giving you any consideration? Does the dog check in on you when you're outside? Maybe you have your dog off leash. Maybe you're walking your dog. Does your dog check in on you? Does the dog take you into consideration? Does the dog occasionally look at you? Will your dog occasionally stop when you stop? Or does your dog drag you down the street? Does, a does your dog walk way ahead of you and completely tune you out? Are you, are you no longer relevant to the dog? Do you have to repeatedly yell at the dog? Do you find yourself consistently frustrated at your dog's actions? Do you feel you have to go through the same routine with the dogs every single day? Do you, have to, do you feel you've got to be on top of this dog or he will go crazy? Or do something bad? Or hurt someone? These may be signs that you have a relationship issue with your dog. The dog does not see you as his leader. And that's a topic for another time. How do you get to be the leader? We'll talk about that. But for now, consider that addressing one or two little issues may not be your answer. It could be. It could be. Even when you are a great leader, even when you are a strong intentional, firm leader, and you've got that right relationship with your dog. There may be one or two things that you need to straighten out. Yes, but that's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to those who may, who may just have a really bad, faulty, out of sync, disconnected relationship. And they're too busy trying to fix little things here and there, putting out small fires to really understand what's at the core of all of those little fires. Them. 
their inability to lead their dog in the right way. All right, guys, give this some thought and uh, I will be back. I promise you every week with short little bits like this, not very long ones. This is half the time. We used to go to 30 minutes or so and leave a review if you can, please. It helps me considerably. Thank you and all the best to you.